Welcome to One Decent Pastor, a weekly podcast of The Door located in Central Oregon, where three completely average guys join forces to make One Decent Pastor and to discuss, discover, and promote all things Bible. Live. Good morning. Morning. Good morning. Morning, everybody. 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 Yeah. Everybody's well, everybody that fellas. Listens. Morning, fellas. Right. I mean, everybody right. that's tuning in. The, morning, the, morning, listeners. The tens of <laughs> listeners that are going to listen. Tens. I, I, you're, that's a, a generous assumption. Well, I don't mean I that they're going to stream. Not, not live stream. Not There's live, none yet. But. but yeah, we don't have anybody on you. So this, YouTube tells us how many people yeah, are tuned in. And you yeah. said nobody. And right. Oh, there's one. Somebody just tuned Apparently in. Apparently, wow. there's a right. huge uh, some kind of cellular outage. That's affecting the world right now. I think it's mostly AT and T, but yeah. so who knows? You know, we might. Wait, are you being? Yeah, no. Being it was that's a big, for big headline this yeah. morning. It's like seventy. I don't know. It was a lot of people that were out. Yeah. Didn't know why. Mm-hmm. No reason for it yet, but the apocalypse. So it could be no one tunes a, in. We have an alibi. <laughs> could be <laughs> Russia. It. Could be the solar flare. Could be. Uh, it could that's be the it's it's Russia's trying to tank our podcast. That's what's mm. happening. That might be it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> There's Words. a lot of conspiracies out there. Words out. Yeah. <laughs> no, no shortage of conspiracies. I think Putin has probably his other things he's concerned about. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Did you guys, wa- any of you guys watch the interview? The Tucker oh, no. Carlson no. one with Putin? I didn't. I tried to. No. And? Uh, Putin's, he's an odd fella. <laughs> he's an odd fella. I went in trying to give the guy a benefit of the doubt, like to just hear him talk and reason, and, and it was just like, no, you're crazy. <laughs> so. There was an article this morning on from Russell Moore on the uh, about Alexei. I, I can't pronounce his last name. Oh yeah, the guy that died. Yeah. yeah, Russian prison. Apparently, it was some a strong Christian. Huh? Yeah, but no, it's people are saying that. Yeah, <coughs> and his wife said, "I'm not." Somehow he was poisoned. <laughs> I'm not backing down from. Yeah, he was poisoned back in 2020 and survived. So yeah, and he went back like crazy. Some courage there. Must be weird to have a corrupt government. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> what would that be like? Yeah, I don't know. Mm. I can only imagine. Ours isn't. I can't no. even imagine. No. I think it's the first time imagine. we've ever talked about Russia on the podcast. Yeah. Like three three years of doing this or more. And, and then that it led us into talking about our own country. Yeah. <laughs> That's oh, Hey, Jeff's on for a hey, second Jeffy. week in a row. Yeah. Second week in a row. It, it, may be three, it may be three or four weeks in a row, depending on how we do here. So. David brought in the big guns for a big Brought topic. in the big yeah, guns so for a big brought the doctor, <laughs> the professor. Yes. Yeah, maybe we should just. Dive Dude, in I didn't even I big. didn't even ask you this before we started this subject. Like, do you consider yourself reformed? Reformed, yeah. I hope so. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I'm like putting this, I'm putting this together, and I'm like, I don't even know just reformed. What I if he said no right now? Would you just ask? Then we would you? have a lot of fun. This yeah. would go a totally different yeah. direction. <laughs> totally different direction. <laughs> you need to go. <laughs> <laughs> You're not coming back. It's been a good run. Always reforming. Been a good run. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. All right, we're doing that. Okay, we're going to switch gears because usually we sit around and bag on and comment on other things that are going on in the Christian world, right? Because it's easy. This kind of does stink because it's going to – we're going to have to do some homework, fellas. I had to do some, man. We're going to have to do do some some homework. Uh, People hear us all the time call ourselves Reformed, refer to ourselves as Reformed, and we get the question a lot. Like what? What in the is world reform? Is that? And I think we've kind of like shot out there like a little answer in the moment once in a while, but we've never really talked about like where this whole thing comes from. So we're going to do that. We're going to go into a series of however m- many weeks it takes of uh, 
of uh, where that comes from, what the Reformation was and why it matters and all that good stuff, why we call ourselves Reformed, because a lot of people will say that we have no right to, <laughs> but we're doing it anyway, darn it. So uh, first of all, what does Reformed mean? Like just a definition of Reformed, like not even in the context of the movement we're talking about. It's the act of being Reformed. Okay. <laughs> You're so gonna... Says the professor. <laughs> Does that help? Does that clarify some okay, things? No, let me go back. <laughs> Hang on a second. This is worse, dude. What does Protestant mean? Let's start with that. Mm. <laughs> There's something in there about protesting. Mm. Right. You right. took a couple letters yeah, off. Uh, it would, pro, mm-hmm. pro, protesting. That's where it comes from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Protestant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Luther protesting what? Indul- the sale of indulgences and. Yeah. Yeah. And which we'll, we'll crawl our way With to that. 95 thesis. So Protestant just means protest. So like, and that's kind of weird when you think about uh, a lot of the, the church who aren't Catholic would call themselves Protestant, which means that we're protesters is almost right. how it. Yeah. I mean, I was just kind of for, for historical yes, help. You know, the, the Roman Catholic Church was the dominant church at the yes. time of, you know, the 1500s yes. um, when, when this went down. Yes. And uh, when Martin Luther began to see things that he thought were incorrect. Yes. He protested by, like you said, putting these 95 theses on the church door at Wittenberg um, and then distributing them. But, but it basically became this movement of, um, Hey, there's things wrong here that we need to talk about. Yeah. And, and um, the people that then split off from the Roman Catholic church because of it are now known as Protestants. Yeah. So it's it's, because people would say, Oh, I'm considered a Protestant because of my faith. Like what am I protesting? Well, you're not. And that's kind of why we're doing this. Yeah, we don't have to walk around mad to protest. <laughs> we don't walk around mad. signs all the time. Yeah, we well, don't well, have there torches are people and that do that. forks. And, yeah. <laughs> There's certainly people that do yeah, that. That but. still happens today. Yeah. Well, and even Luther's <laughs> desire was to reform the Catholic So this Church. is where the definition of yeah. reform, he Correct. was he was protesting something in order to reform mm-hmm. something. That was right. what the protest It wasn't, was yeah, I'm taking my ball and, and going home. Yeah. It's let's try to fix this. Um, that yes. didn't go as like yeah. he'd hoped. Yeah, it didn't go so well. Because he invited, yeah. he invited the dialogue. He said, "I'm gonna, I'm basically posting these things so that yes. we can." Yep. Talk exactly. About yep. That's how you bring about reform. I right? think it's fair to say he thought it was gonna go a different way. He did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're so gonna, we're gonna, gonna we're gonna yeah. definitely get to all this. Uh, by the way, we called this Protestant Reformation oversimplified because we realize that there's, yeah, there's a lot that goes into this, and and we would encourage you all to go and research it and have Where fun. Where would you encourage people out. to go to research it? Uh, YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been if just, you, just it, anybody on YouTube. I have been no, no. It was kind of a joke. There's some, kind, kind, there's kind some of ones on there you might not want to. Obviously, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff that's that's been done on the Protestant Reformation. Um, but I got turned on by Austin to um, Two Thousand Years of Christ's Power. It's a series of church okay. history, and this dude writes super accessibly. And I've just been having like a blast reading this guy, and he knows like he's. He's really good with it. So that would okay. be one resource. If you go back and actually read Reformers and stuff, like, have, like, good luck. Like, it's just, it's not easy to do. Right. We do have a copy so. of the series that you just referenced in the office if people want to borrow a, yeah. a volume. It's a five-volume set. and Check yeah. it out, read it, bring it back. But there's a, there, there is a lot of, just collectively, a lot of documentaries mm-hmm. and stuff, pieces that have been done on the Reformation mm-hmm. that, that agree on the main things. Like, you can just see patterns of, yeah. like, okay, this is just... 
what this is. So actually, um, there's a for what it before I forget. There's a great movie from the '90s called Luther. Yeah, uh, that, that was really Finn is yeah. Finn, Finn Fines, Fines. Yeah, it's not. It's one of the Fines brothers. Um, yeah, anyway, yeah. and and it's it's really it's excellent. Well done. It's just called and, Luther. And it, it'll give you yeah. kind of an idea of his life. What 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 went down? It was a, that was a really good. Film. I think Metaxi's wrote a book called Luther, didn't he? Eric Metaxi's uh, sounds it's pretty thick. Yeah, one, but it sounds familiar. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyhow. Anyhow. For us to completely understand this, Brent, we got to go back to where you started to go. Uh, why this event needed to happen? Why there was a Protestant Reformation? We have to go back to what the church looked like at the time, which is a little bit different mm-hmm. than <laughs> what it looks like now. So uh, I think it's easy for us to ass- on the church. well, <laughs> yeah. We'll talk about, maybe we'll talk about that too. We'll see how far we get. <laughs> I think it's easy for us to naturally think that the state of the church, the church culture has always looked similar to what it is now, to what we know mm-hmm. in church culture. And that's a huge mistake when you go back right. to this period of time. Like it didn't Yeah, we look, don't realize where we've come. We don't, we don't realize how, how far we've come and what was normal then compared to what's normal now. So what was, let's start with that, what was the church culture, the state of the church, immediately preceding the Protestant Reformation, if you guys were to give us a picture. Well, the Roman Catholic Church was the predominant church. The church so th- there were yeah. other, you know, factions or, or whatever, you know, that were, but they weren't like the Roman Catholic Church. It was considered the Christian church at that time. Um, and, and it had really become corrupt in many yeah. ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you didn't have options. Like if you left your church, you couldn't walk down the road. You couldn't right. shop another church. Yeah. Like yep. the Catholic church was the church. Mm-hmm. And so you, you did have a, people. And with, if you had a problem with it, you, there wasn't a whole lot you could do. Right. Well, that's, um, yeah, we're going to um, find that, that out. The yeah. amount of power they had, <laughs> the amount of influence, the amount of uh, political power, the amount of, you know, just resources and money they had. Um, they owned a third of the land at that time yeah. in, in Europe. Yeah. I mean, it, it was a crazy... Mm-hmm. Crazy big, and it was a state church then. I mean, right? I mean, there wasn't what we know. Yeah, I think I think it's debatable whether it was officially the state, but we know that it was calling all the shots at all levels of society. Like they had the the Holy Roman Empire, right? Yeah, Yeah. Holy Roman Empire. Why are you? What are you? All right, you know what, guys? Hey, you asked, dude. You asked the question, yeah. so we could just kind of, you know, go back and forth. So. A couple of the big problems, just for what it's worth, um, you had uh, everything was done in Latin, mm-hmm. so uh, the common people couldn't even understand what was going on in the sermons, and that was part of because it was during the Renaissance time yeah. when to bring Latin and Greek yeah. back it was like going back to the good old days, um, trying to, to reform society into something better than it had been because they come out of the Dark Ages and the you know, the plagues and things like that. So Latin became popular. Uh, if you wanted to read your Bible, you couldn't. You had to have a priest. Mm-hmm. Um, if you wanted, you know, the Pope Yeah, only the, the priests were the ones educated in Latin, right? like new, yeah. new Latin. And it was only understood by the elite. No, nope, people <coughs> didn't the, speak yep. Latin. The common people didn't. Yep. Uh, priests were needed for everything. Yeah. So it didn't matter what, you know, if you were born, if you were getting married, if you were dying, if you were... You they know, did everything. Wanted, mm-hmm. They did everything. They yet. oversaw everything and yeah. led you through everything. And a lot of life. those yes. positions in the Roman Catholic Church, you could... You could Pay for to get there. You could. You know, you didn't. They have were to, up you didn't, for sale. You didn't have to be yeah. qualified. Highest bidder. Highest bidder. Just like it. a duck tank. Yeah. Yeah. Serious um, focus on works. Serious doing, focus on works. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, the church still does that, so that's well, a similarity. Yeah. Well, and yeah, that hasn't changed a whole lot. <laughs> yeah. uh, but the Pope had ultimate authority. Uh, he, he was, in some ways, people would say, was infallible. That the the influence and the power that the Pope had was yep. was kind of crazy. Yep. Um, you couldn't question him. Right, um, and then of course you had the, the weird teachings like purgatory, uh, where you could, uh, you know, it's kind of a holding place between heaven and hell. And if if you wanted to not get 
you know, spend time in purgatory, you know, you could pay your way out of that. Or if you had a relative yes. that was stuck there, yes. you know, a um, coin in the coffer rings, a soul from purgatory. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to yeah. kind of revisit all this, but, but I mean, the bottom line is like, there are a lot of ways that the church church culture looked different than it does now. So yes, there's still abuses and mm-hmm. uh, whether it be of power or greed or monopolies, but not like, not like it, was. it was then there were no right. options. This was, your option. At I the mean, time. Luther said when he got to Rome, uh, the lack of spirituality there yep. was astounding. Yep. I mean, he was shocked to yep. see because you think if you're going to Rome, that's where the right. the it's center, the epicenter of the, epicenter of of the church. Yep. You're going to see something really cool. And he got there, and it was it was bleak. Yeah, you're going to see yeah. first class Christianity, and he saw first class like depravity. Yeah, yeah just yeah. dumpster fire. Yeah, yeah, for sure, not good. So at the at the, at the time uh, of uh, preceding the Protestant Reformation. We didn't have this this whole region over there called the Roman Empire. We had this whole region over there called the Holy Roman Empire. You kind of alluded to mm-hmm. it. Let's let's talk about that for a second. Why was holy added to the Roman Empire at the time? And we already kind of said it, but we should I mean, speak farther to the Pope, it. right? I mean, in the <coughs> yeah, the church and state had yeah. combined into one one big entity. Yeah, the, yeah they 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 were the, the church was the government, and so right. they they did actually have. Um, actual like royalty and emperors over the regions, mm-hmm. but the church was over those emperors. <laughs> so right. like yeah. every level, and like you said, whether it came to real estate, whether it came to um, uh, social programs, like you had to go through the church. Mm-hmm. The church did all of that, owned all of that, basically. So they had they had power over every area of area of life. Um, no, no real separation of church and state right. at the time, uh, which brings us to our next couple of questions. I think this is important. Uh, the, the state was the church and the church was the state. Is this good or is this bad? Because we still have a lot of Christians today Depends on that, who like, you ask. that like the idea of this. It's fantastic if they believe what I believe and, and choose the religion that I want. Right. Then it's great. Yeah. But, but if they don't, it's a... Yeah. Right. Then it's terrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we would. It I mean, could be good. You think you would? Is think that what we're it, saying? In essence of that, there, there probably was a change in morality. Yeah. You mean in the, in the culture? You okay. Know, cultural let, morality in that sense, right? I mean, if the church is, is is sort of so yeah. involved with the state, I yeah. mean, there is a sense where it could be a more moral culture. Sure. Um, so let's go with that. What are some of the pros, if any, of no separation between church and state? One of them could be kind of a moral code, mm-hmm. a universal moral code that people are trying to follow, at least, yeah. which makes it, you know, sure, better living. <clears throat> and, yeah. and there again, if if you know, that is in line with your beliefs, then fantastic. Yeah, but but if it's not, you know, not so well, the idea that sure. the state can regulate what people believe, what churches they go to, how they worship. Um, what they believe, all that stuff is very scary. Yeah. Um, you know, right now, if you were to imagine our our state, and and it, there's people right now that see that as the solution. Even there are today. Christians right, right now. Um, who see but that again, as the like solution, you know, yes. if, if one side dominates or the other side dominates, you're going to have a very different looking. You know, mm-hmm. whatever they come up with is going to be very sure. different. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, yeah. What does it do with um, actual gospel like sin like conviction? I think we've talked about this before. Does it hurt? Like if everyone's towing the line under the church, could you know, there could be more likely assumptions 
by sure. anybody to think that they're pleasing God and right. they're, they're a part of something that, that think something they might not that they're be that, part of. that they may yeah. not be a part yeah. of. Yeah, yeah leg- sure. legislated morality is it can not, be decept- deceptive. That's not what the gospel does. Right. Yeah. No. The legislated morality is something you can force people to be, yeah. you know, moral and ethical. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it doesn't mean that there's been any kind of heart transformation. For sure. It doesn't necessarily mean that anybody's going to end up in heaven. Yeah. At right. The end of the day, even though. Yeah. The society yeah. makes for a great society. Yeah. Um, well, I think there's a lot of people out there that think Christianity or just religion in general is about moralism. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and if you think that's that, the elephant right, in the room, Chad. Right. And and, and it's <laughs> and, and we know that it's it's not about moralism. Um, yes. You know, it's about much more than that. But. Yes. Well, it can, be, it can even be a theistic moralism, right? Totally. Sure. I, mean, I can yep. I can believe in God, and and live a moral life, and somehow that causes me to believe that. Well, that's what gets me to heaven. But then yep. we don't realize well. Yeah, but we're still living by works, and we think that that's going to is going to be what what gets us into heaven. I think yeah. the other thing I yeah. think we see at times because of that in our, in in the church, I think even now is there it's a saved by grace, but living by works. Yep. And somehow I'm still right. trying to earn God's favor for sure. So it's a performance treadmill, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, for sure. Yeah, we think a lot of religions out there. That's the crux of their teaching is here's what you do to find favor with God. And the thing that makes Christianity entirely different is here's here's what God has done for you. Mm -hmm. Right. And so kind of that way of thinking makes the dominoes fall in certain directions. Right. Um, And if that, you know, the pervasive thinking is, you know, here's what you do to to please God, then then sure, mingle church and state Mm -hmm. and let's have moral laws and, you know, all those kinds of things. Yeah. Yeah. Most most preaching even today is uh, will, will present the gospel and then with everything that follows from the pulpit undoes right. the gospel <laughs> by what right. we're telling people that God wants. Right. So, yep. Yeah. It's a little contrary. What are it's some of the what are, grace. Yeah. What are some of the cons? Uh, I think we kind of threw these in there too, of mm-hmm. no separation between church and state. I mean, you, we've seen... Did we, we just do that? We've seen what did we state, just do the cons? Uh, I think so. No, we did. When you look at what state, state, No separation, right? No separation. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, when you see what a state church looks like, yeah. a state-run church... Yeah. Um, it it isn't good, you know. Um, yeah, I, think, I, don't, I mean, you can look at England. You can look at um, even even what. Well, yeah, we can look at this. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> right? We can. I mean, really, that's where we're going yeah. with this question. Yeah. We can look at what the reality uh, was at that time of no separation between the Catholic Church and the state. I mean, there's, I think there's the idea of even like the post-mill idea that we're going to Christianize the nations yes. and usher in this golden era where you know, and this is what a lot of people are trying to do even today. Um, and, and you do use politics and education and, you know, you've got to get involved in those things if you want to see this happen. Yes. Um, but at the end of the day, if the gospel isn't the, you know, the method for change, then I don't know what we're doing exactly. Right. And that's, sure. that's the part that, you know, of course we want to see, you know, God glorified his glory covering the earth. We, we would love to see everybody come to know God. I mean, that's all, that's all, common sense, I For guess, sure. but the means that we go about doing it is what's different, and, and have the state involved in that, to me, just doesn't make sense. Well, and the church, the I think, church. loses its importance, too. Yeah. It, it loses more than that, but you're yeah. absolutely yeah. right. I mean, just, it that's does. just one aspect of yeah. it, because I'm mean, like, I've been in, a, in churches in, you know, uh, in Europe, and you see just how one little they are attended, because, you, you know, everybody kind of grows up and goes through all these different things that are good things if they had the right motivation, right? You know, but I think it, it, it then it loses its importance and its value in the society yeah. that in which it becomes a part. And then it's not influencing the society that they live in. Sure. You know, I mean, and, and 
I don't sure. know that's a whole lot different than some of the things we see going on today. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think the biggest thing is for me when I was thinking about this, I, our our theology does inform our politics. We all know that. Right. We all believe that. But I think what we also know is that our politics can kill our theology mm-hmm. too. Sure. Depending on what has preeminence. I don't know if everybody be, knows that. So I'm, I'm going to say it again. <laughs> our theology informs our politics, but our polit- your politics can kill your theology. And so we we have to know where they have, right. you know, what what has preeminence. Ultimately, the joining together of church and state uh, played itself out in power, becoming primary, corruption, greed, all leading to compromise of what the church is here for mm-hmm. and what it teaches. So that that's kind of just my evaluation in a nutshell of what happened at the time. <laughs> With no separation between church and state. Well, and I think that, it's what le- it, it is. What led to humanism. So that's that's I mean, the right. next step. So all right, good job, Jeff. So <laughs> so the next question is: So how did the church get to that point back in that day? And at the period of time immediately preceding the Reformation, we had a period of time known as the Renaissance. Renaissance, known as the Renaissance. Anyone want to explain, like, nutshell, like, Renaissance? When we think of Renaissance, like, it was a time period of... Is that a movie? Sure. Yeah, Yeah, Renaissance. Joe Pesci. Pesci. Joe Pesci. Is he the Renaissance man? Really? I think so. Pesci? (laughs) I could be wrong, but... Right. Sounds like it needs to be a Schwarzenegger character or something, (laughs) dude. You know? Renaissance. (laughs) What what comes to mind when you think of the Renaissance? Joe Pesci. <laughs> well, I mean, there were so Sorry. many. It was. It was. Uh, I don't even know. I understand what that means. But <laughs> is he messing you up, Brent? I don't know. Yeah. No. It's. It was the time of the arts and yes. the culture and, and sciences. Yes. And, and it was kind of getting back to this. This grand, you know, music. a celebration of man and what man can do. Yeah. I mean, and yeah. this is where you had Da Vinci and you had Michelangelo and you had all these, you know, the Sistine chapels getting painted and yeah. sculptures and all these amazing yeah. things. Along with the printing press coming around, so you had uh, literary works mm-hmm. like being yeah, done getting, and, and yeah. people reading this stuff. Like so it was massive. a celebration of man's accomplishments and well, achievements. Coming out of arts. a time when, when it was pretty bleak. I mean, you yeah. just had, you know, um, the Black Plague and yes. some of these things that had happened. And, and th- this was kind of a, 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 you know, this renewed sense of excitement and focusing on things that are, you know, kind of got lost a little bit. So they're going back to the older languages. Yes. They're going back to Greek and Latin. They're going back to the old philosophers, Cicero and, yeah. and these guys. And they're, they're listening to what they had to say again. Probably wasn't as helpful to the common man as it was to maybe the elite at this time. Mm-hmm. So, Correct. So well, maybe it wasn't, yeah. might not have been a renaissance for everybody. That's where it's going. But, um, but, but it, yeah, coming out of the, coming out of the dark ages, like this, this was um, a bright spot. Yeah. And it was a bright spot basically because there was a, um, a, a bleeding over of Greek culture mm-hmm. that was being celebrated and introduced into Western culture. And, um, and now what was the main contributor to the renaissance? Humanism. Humanism. <laughs> <laughs> What's humanism? Actually, is humanism good or bad? I think it's bad. Yeah, I, mean, I'll just yeah, say I agree. I mean, it really okay. celebrates the, the the potential of the individual. Right. Um, it's it's this idea that that man and man is amazing. Don't you know? But it's because he's been made in the image of God. And, yes. and mm-hmm. but yeah. it, it's really a way to to erase God or to forget about him, right. ignore yes. God, and <clears throat> right. just focus on Put man, humanity at the center. Yeah. yeah, it's a celebration of man and yeah. what we can do and what we can achieve. Right. And and the more that that's done without him, 
the more it's, yeah. Well, and I think too, it. if you go like if you go back and look at the history of where humanism came out of as well, is, is it was a very atheistic um, perspective, like philosophy, like it doesn't have anything to do with God. I was going right. to say, what are some of the ways that, do with that, that, that a humanistic yeah. worldview differs from a biblical worldview? Yeah, so, I mean, it has yeah, everything ahead. to yeah. do. It has everything to do with us and what we can achieve, and it's you know through the same things, the arts and the sciences and all these things, and this is this is what we're doing and how we can do it, and yeah. look how awesome God, your man is, and what he can do, and you know, and so it's, totally, it just celebrated self worship. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It just celebrated that too. Well, and even the idea, then we see it again today. Like we need to get back to this. <coughs> better time um you know we don't like and this is always what we do um you know this isn't working out the way we want it to we need to get back yeah. to this better Look time the yes. old days. Um, and, and this is kind of part of what they were doing at that point so it's pretty it's pretty self-explanatory to think about what happens when humanism enters the church and this is exactly what happened as it yeah. entered western culture as it as it entered the the holy roman empire humanism also infected and entered the church right um and, and so you does. had so yes still does <laughs> and so you have um this this push pull this tug of war between worldliness or toward worldliness rather than um spirituality is basically what that did to the church mm -hmm. this is what happened prior to the reformation in a nutshell oversimplified and ultimately ultimately what led to the reformation you know because of what was going on mm -hmm. in the church so if you mm -hmm. had a church that had been won over by uh, Greek thinking, humanistic worldview, which res it resulted in ultimately corruption due to self being the centerpiece rather right. than God being the centerpiece, even in the church. Like, that's what started going on. So I think it was uh, Augustine or Augustine, potato, potato, <laughs> whatever your preference. That, <clears throat> and I'm going to tell you right now the extent of the Latin that I know, mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's this, mm -hmm. that he coined a phrase in his day, in curvatus in se, that means that humanity is turned in on itself. Mm. Did you say cerveza? <laughs> no. Spanish. <laughs> Una cerveza, por favor. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. That's not Latin. <laughs> in curvatus in se, so humanity is curved in on itself. Mm -hmm. And then, and then I think Luther did something about that that said, like, the church is curved, the Christians have this, this tendency to be curved in on themselves. And then somebody after Luther expanded that to say that, like, the church as a whole, you know, has this tendency yeah. to be curved in on itself. Sure. Mm -hmm. um, you know, lending to just humanistic thinking totally. creeping its way into the church. Well, it'd be interesting, I think, too, if, if Christians would take the time to go back and actually do a little bit of study about humanism. Yes. And then do a little bit of, of self introspection to see. Oh, and to see and look in, in the church and see how that has, has pervaded the 21st mm -hmm. century church, you know, yeah. and, and, and I, you know, I, I might even put humanism, paganism together in the same, yeah, sure. you know, same perspective. Well, they've got to be. It's about yeah, power and it's related. about passion. Yeah, right? they're closely I mean, related. Those are, the, sure. those are the big things. That even even how we take it to an individualistic mm -hmm. level as far as Christianity, yeah. it's my personal faith, it's my personal, you know. Right. So uh, Erasmus actually did that as a Christian mm -hmm. during that time where he started studying uh, under some dude, I can't remember his name, the hu humanism, and it actually changed the way that he Petra. approached um, God and started looking at, you know, ecclesiologically. Uh, uh, that's, that's the variation I'm looking for. Uh, and it became more of an individual thing, you know, like Jesus talking to the woman at the well, like there's going to be a day when it's not going to be on that hill and in that place, but God's seeking worshipers in spirit and in truth. Mm. So humanism actually had in his sense, um, some positive, like, um, what am I trying to, influences on the way that he viewed the church and men coming to the church 
interacting mm. with the church. Anyway, that's a whole nother... Like the ability a man or a human would have to be able to... That we actually have more yeah. freedom ourselves mm-hmm. with God and our relationship with God than right. the church has portrayed us to have. Yeah. And that was, that was more of a positive... Right. Well, and that came out with some of the reformers. There's people that are yes. called. They still have a section of like Christian humanists. Yes. And and people like Calvin's involved. You know, their their names get thrown into that mix. And yes. And it's because of that what you're talking about. That it, we have, it is. That the and that, is and that's gone too far. Yeah. Agreed. Also, and that's a whole other thing that we're not going to get into. So, fit, closing this section real Ready quick. <laughs> humanism. If you became about yourself, which the church had, due to the influence of humanism, power, greed, control is kind of the natural like fruits that came out of that in the church. What do you think is going to happen to your scripture interpretation then at that point? How you view the scriptures, if you're the church, right? right, And what you proclaim out of those scriptures to the common people, if you're the church. And this is really where we come to the crux of why a reformation had to happen. Is because these guys had humanistic preferences mm-hmm. and they were, and they had the monopoly that was the lens through which yeah. they were reading the scriptures yes. and interpreted it into. Yes. Well, and, and really, again, when, yeah. when when corruption enters in, and, and you can you can make people focus on their good works yes. in order to attain, you know, God's um, favor, grace, yeah, or favor, um, then then now you have the ability to manipulate people through fear and through you know fleecing the sheep, taking their go. money. They're trying to build all these like you know basilicas and these things, and and it all costs money. And how are they getting it? Well, they're taking advantage of the people because they're making works. Um, kind of everything. Totally. Yeah. 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 And and we see it today too. That's part that the prosperity sure. gospel does the exact same sure. thing. If you want it's you know to be healed, if you want God to be happy, you better give. Yeah. And you better give a lot. And people people do it, unfortunately. For yeah. sure. And that's exactly what they were doing. Totally. So, yeah. So this, when it goes back to yeah. the motive, right? The motive, even the motive in no, giving totally. yeah. is the grace of God. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, which we're gonna get to. So let's let's go ahead and enter this guy named Luther. All right. This kind of brings us to this guy Luther. Um, he went. Who who was he? He was a monk. German monk. Did he set out to be a monk? He was a lawyer. <laughs> he was a lawyer. He was going to go make some money. Got hit, got he hit was going to be somebody. <laughs> he got struck by lightning and yeah. said, if I survive this, I'll, uh, I'll I'll give my life to you, God. God got his attention oh. through a lightning bolt, <laughs> a thunderstrike. Yeah, imagine that. And uh, he's like, okay. And he drops law school, and he goes off and becomes a monk, basically because mm-hmm. of this um, uh, sign. Yeah. From God, um, like, he was like a teenager, wasn't he? Like seventeen or something like that. He was. He already, was I think he was younger. Yeah, I don't know how, how young he was, yeah. but um, I think if if I'm remembering right, he he liked his cervezas. Yeah, <laughs> he liked his cervezas. cervezas. Yes. How did he yes, feel he about did. Joe Pesci? Yeah. <laughs> he used to make cervezas. Yeah. His own. Yes. Yeah. He was all about. So Luther goes off to monastery, <laughs> becomes a monk. In that he learns the language of the priesthood, right? He learns Latin, which means that he has access to the scriptures, mm-hmm. and he starts reading the scriptures, um, which leads him, sets him on the path to protest. First, it sets him on the path to complete despair. Well, well, right. it's com- yes, okay, yes. again, oversimplified, yeah. Brent. Well, I know, but it's funny to me to because he, he, was, he understood his sinfulness to the point where he was he irritated yes. everybody mm-hmm. because he was constantly just so yes. torn up about his sin and who he was. He was always going to confession. He was always trying to get this thing figured out. Yeah. And people kept just pushing him. You know, like, why don't you go, why don't you go yeah. there? Why don't you go? Why don't you go over to this? Guy? So yeah. they finally just sent him over to. This Rome. is where worm theology really came from. Is yeah. what, how Luther yeah, yeah. looked at himself. Yeah. <laughs> During this time, what was it that was the main what, that that gave in, enlightened him? That gave him revelation of all that once he got into. I mean, what did it? 
the I reading mean, of the Romans, reading Romans. of the Bible. Yeah, the, Romans, I mean the yeah. reading of the Bible, but particularly Romans. Yeah. But that's as where, he, that's where it came from, right? That he was like the, the scriptures are to be the sole authority. You know, that's where I think that, that? Dro- came out of there. So I think next week we're going to try to do some solas. Yes, we're going to. I think All we're going to. I think we're no, going to go that gonna way. We're going to do two and a half. <laughs> <laughs> two and a half. Well, it kind of depends on how we're only two pointers when it comes to the solas, dude. We're not five pointers. There's two things, as Luther became more and more familiar with Scripture, that stood out to him as matters that had to be dealt with in the church. Um, One was, who can say what is true? Like, was a huge question in his Mm -hmm. mind. And the second one was, how can sinful man be reconciled to a holy God? That was the second one. Those were kind of the the two primary things that, like, really got under his skin. Um, And at the time, those were being answered like this. Number one, the church says what is true, Mm -hmm. right? And number two, basically, like, obedience to the church's dictations and money. That's what justifies (laughs) it. Is how one can be reconciled to God. And, like, he, he, he took some serious issue with that. That's not, what he, read in the, that's not what he read in the Bible. And thank God he did. That's not yes. what he read in the Bible, right? <laughs> yeah. um, so one of the primary verses that opened his eyes was Romans chapter 1, verses 16 and 17, which says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And then 17 is the primary one that he could not get out of his brain. For in it, um, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Um, so what was it uh, the church at the time was telling people the righteous lived by? Works. Well, yeah, Obedience, absolutely. Yeah. It was works or their pocketbooks or, yep. um, you know, whatever, obedience. Even, and, even and, just, yeah, obedience to the church, blind mm-hmm. obedience to the church. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, yep. yeah. So uh, what does this verse tell the common person concerning Salvation. Let's just talk about this verse for a second. 17 specifically. What does this tell the common person as far as salvation and where it comes from, how it happens? The righteous don't live by obedience. Yeah, true that. <laughs> true that. Yeah, the idea that, that salvation is, is through faith in, in someone and his works. Um, this is the, the good news of the gospel. Is that it, it, It's what Jesus did for us. And then the interesting thing is the Roman Catholic Church does believe in who Jesus is. He was God. He did go to the cross. He did all these things. But they're not trusting in that alone. Right. At, at that time, especially, they weren't. Now they try to mix yeah. faith and works. Um, yeah. But they weren't trusting in, in that alone. No. And, and again, you've got a guy that's just wrecked with his sin and his depravity trying to find an answer to, to how he can be saved from this. He's, yeah. And then he, he, you know, he sees the cross. Yes. And he understands this is my salvation. Yes. My yeah. faith in this is what's going to save me, not what I do. And that's a game changer. I mean, we all know that. Yes. Uh, once you stop relying on what we do and our works and trying to righteous up and you, and you realize that I get Jesus's on my behalf and place your faith in that changes everything. Totally. Yep, totally. There's hope. So, so biblically he came to that conclusion, yeah. right? And yet what he's seeing outside the doors everywhere throughout the Holy Roman empire are, um, things like, like this, which was kind of the nail in the, the final nail in the coffin. When he watched a dude named Johann Tetzel <laughs> preach the pay to play, system to the people you guys want to expound on what tetzel was preaching that day that luther stood in the crowd and listened 
Yeah, he was selling indulgences. indulgences. That, was, that was what the Catholic Church called Pay him at that, that point. We touched on it already, but the idea the you know, as soon as a coin in the coffer rings, the soul from purgatory springs. Yes. Um, and whether that's really him or not, that, that was basically what was being taught at that yes. point. And they were trying to raise money. They were on a, you know, a fundraising mission, and Tetzel was the, you know, the star of the show as far as getting people to give money. They were building big, beautiful places that people they could were. worship in, and, as yeah. well as big, beautiful places they could live in. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and people like Luther are looking at it going like, well, the Pope's like filthy rich. Why, why isn't he like springing money for this? Why are you right. going to these people, right? So they, they start, this is kind of the lowest of the low as far as manipulation of salvation, uh, fear tactics with sure. people and, and uh, loved ones in hell mm-hmm. or purgatory. Like it's just, like you want to get pre- him out. It's then. pretty bad. And so you've got this guy who's convinced that the Bible's teaching something completely different about how one is saved, and then he's out there actively hearing this kind of promotion done by the church. Like, this is, this is what they're preaching. This is what their message is, and it's just it's, it's pretty gnarly. As a result, 95 big fatties <laughs> were nailed to the door <laughs> of the Wittenberg, Wittenberg <laughs> Cathedral, and the protest was birthed. So, uh, what are these? What are these ninety-five theses? We call them. Well, that's what they are. But yeah, it was the, the issues he identified in the, in the Roman Catholic Church at that time that were problematic, and, yeah. and they largely centered around indulgences being sold, yeah. and then cinemy, which was the idea that you could purchase your way into, totally. you know, the higher offices in the church, and and you know, place yourself yep. in, in that mm-hmm. you weren't elected to it; you just bought your way in, yeah. and they were big problems. But and then also, you know, just the the idea that we're saved by works, and, yeah. Not, not by faith. For sure. Well, I think it was, you know, too, with Luther, I think he put those there to invite discussion, to have some dialogue that he, that, you know, yep. I, I, I like, I think we talked about earlier, I don't think he anticipated what was going to happen. Right. Well, but I think yeah. he, he also, his motive behind it was to genuinely to bring about the reform the church, right? To, That's the to rad see part. see change. Yeah. Is that the, the, the 95 theses were in Latin. And again, right. we didn't have common people that were walking around yeah. speaking or reading Latin, the church did. So he wrote them for the church to see so that a discussion could happen. Yeah. It was for yep. the church to reform, and then when the church rejected, basically saw it as like, I can't believe you just did this, dude. Well, he like, sent it out to like one of his... for the leaders, too. Don't you? I mean, yeah, he, yeah. Sent it out, yeah. he sent it out to places, too. Well, one of them was like Tetzel's boss. Not his boss, but, you know, the guy that was in <laughs> And thinking he's going to realize what this guy's doing and be upset, too. And he yep. wasn't. But when the, when the church <laughs> sure. didn't respond with discussion, like that might lead to reformation, mm-hmm. that's when he went to one of the things that made the biggest difference with Luther's Reformation, the printing press yeah. being developed. Oh, yeah. He went and he put the theses in German, the common people's language, mm-hmm. and that's how it went far and wide. And sure enough, there's a ton of people that felt exactly like he did. So when the church, right. he went yeah. to the church first, which is kind of cool. Right, right. And when the church didn't listen, he went ahead and just let the cat out of the bag for everybody. Yeah. Like, here's this is what, the, the, the kind of cool thing that you, you just touched on is that there were other guys, you know, you had, you had, John, you had John Wycliffe, you had mm-hmm. Jan Hus. Or, right. yeah. Yeah. Um, there were people, they didn't have the printing press, though. No. So they had a right. voice and they were trying yes. to, to get, you know, so people were, up, mm-hmm. you know, there were a lot of people that wanted to see this happen. Yeah. Um, the fact that God availed the printing press at the yeah. same time that he availed Luther, yeah, right. made this thing just take off like wildfire. That was fire. one of the questions, is what allowed Luther to succeed where yeah. people before him couldn't? Because yeah. a lot of people don't understand that, like, there was um, r- protests 
ha- were something that were reoccurring mm-hmm. like for a couple hundred years prior to Luther coming around. Like yeah. people were challenging the church and were challenging their humanism. Yeah, Wycliffe in the wrote church. it. Wrote about had the Bible in common. And what did they do to him? <laughs> they burned him. Right. Yeah. Same thing with with, yeah. with uh, Jan Hus, which I guess is pronounced Hus, which rhymes with. Goose. Oh, goose. Oh and here's here's a cool thing that I read this week. Is it? It's it's been. Rec- it was recorded that when they walked this dude to the stake, that he proclaimed before he they lit him up that he proclaimed to everybody out loud, like today you're going to burn a goose, but in a century from now there's going to be a swan that you will not be able to burn or boil. Hmm. And and a hundred years later, Luther comes on, and the printing press is really yeah. what allowed it's 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 like homie like prophesied in a way no, right. without even knowing. What, I know prophecies did the Reformed Church doesn't <laughs> prophesy. <laughs> I, I, I do know that, but who's did? Okay. That's another conversation for another day. All right, now I got to skip. I got to skip through all this because we 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 went ahead. Um, so let's let's try to close this up. We're doing actually pretty good, guys. We're, doing good. we're actually so. we're yeah. moving we're pretty good. Yeah. Hopefully people are hanging really in here with us. If you're to boil it down, the the true issue of Luther's protest had to do with what? I think it's how you're saved. Yeah. It is the big one. Um but but I mean we're gonna go into the five solas, it yes. sounds like. But it, it it was more than just that. But really, uh soteriology, yeah. uh yeah. how we are saved yes. is the heart of it. How man can be reconciled yeah. to God. Because one is not good down. news. No. And one right. is the you know, the it's only good news. news. Yeah. 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 For so sure. For me, that's the biggie. For sure. And we obviously praise God uh, for this. And the church hasn't been sane since, you know, because of, you know, culmination of everything we've talked about, not just the protests, but even the printing press and people painstakingly um, translating things yeah. like Luther did. So yeah. he, he got called in, obviously, skipped a whole section. Uh, the church actually saw him as a, her- a heretic. So they, made, they, made they didn't be, only made go worms. Like, yeah. So they didn't only go even. They didn't only go, not go like, hey, we need to get together with the student, like have a conversation. He's got a point here. But they actually went like, you're challenging the church. Therefore, like yeah. you have a destiny. You go. Communicated. So he got, he got called to the Diet of Worms happened, which diet just means uh, collection. It's uh, people coming together. And Worms is actually, I guess, Verms. It's a town. Yeah, so, Wittenberg. It's like a council so it was the Burns. council of that Burns. happened in Worms, right? It's a horrible name, and uh, <laughs> they stood there, and the whole thing was, "You're going to recant, or else you're going to basically die." Nobody likes me. Everybody hates me. I'm going to eat some <laughs> yeah, worms. Yes, that's what I, I think of the diet of worms. Sorry, this worm right. theology. And they turned everybody against him. <laughs> yes. So, and and does what does he do? As he stands trial, does he? Bow to the church. Here I stand. I can do no other. He doubled down. Yeah. Doubled down. He yeah. doubled down. He did not recant. And uh, basically, death sentence was for certain. He leaves. He gets kidnapped. I think his name was Frederick the Wise, because Luther had made some friends through this theses going out and people. He, he had some people that agreed mm-hmm. with him, even some people that were kind of powerful and had some means, right. like this guy. So Fred Frederick the Wise like grabs this dude one night, ambushes him, brings him back to his castle, and there just happens to be a printing press where this guy can go immediately to work on a people's translation of the Bible into German, and the just rest happened. the rest is history. Just just happened. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So interesting, interesting story. Um, why does all this matter to us today? I mean, we, Do we can. have time for that. <laughs> no, I, might, I mean, no, it could probably be a whole yeah. deal. You know, well, you think about like even what Brent was saying earlier, how we are saved, the justification by faith. I mean, even if 
every church in America across the world went back to the basics and had a, a clear biblical understanding of that. Yeah. Reform would occur again yeah. in people's hearts and minds, and I think reform would occur. I think reform and revival would actually occur in the church. Sure. Um, so, I mean, I, I think, and I think sometimes we easily take that for granted, especially if we've known it for a long time or we're preaching it regularly. I think we at times can easily take that, you know, justification by faith. Um, for, for granted, sure. Yeah. You know? sure. But to step back and realize what even Romans one seventeen means for us, yeah. it's like. So there's the other thing we could take for granted that we are infinitely should be grateful for came out of the Reformation are these, yeah, like that, that we get to sit here with, we get to walk with Bibles everywhere. Right. We have them all over the house. Right. We have them in our cars. We have them in our pockets. We have them on our phones. Yep. We have the Word of God with us everywhere we go due to like what happened here if we just read it yeah <laughs> yeah we yeah <laughs> or read it and, and maintain fidelity to it so, I mean, so I actually you, that's the key this is yeah. going to be a big discussion next week when we get to sola scriptura i mean yeah. there's, there's some like there's some problemed implications with sola scriptura too and a lot of it has yeah. to do with what we do with it now that we all have right. it in our hands right mm-hmm. so we'll, well even if you we'll back up about before that. luther i mean the apostle paul just you know not that long after jesus is writing letters to the church totally. and has kind of gone off the rails mm-hmm. in some ways totally. and bringing correction didn't take yeah. long and, and so and here we are today with you know we, we see you know churches that have gone off the rails and are in need of correction and mm-hmm. so yep. we kind of see this this kind of pattern throughout history of you know churches losing fidelity to scripture and always needing to be called back for sure too. that's the other that's the other piece that i would go back to is that the idea that you you mentioned it earlier you know reformed always reforming and that was the you know the latin semper reformando was um came out of this as well um i love that you know sometimes we feel like you know we're all alone and there's nobody else you know like elijah did you know i'm just just me now right and, but but no that's not true um the roman catholic church was had gotten into this you know big kind of horrible thing but there were other people there was always been a remnant there's always, always. been voices right. crying in the wilderness all the way through um, whether it's Wycliffe or yep. us or always. the waldensians yep. or you know these yeah. there's these groups that have held anabaptists well they yeah maybe yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's later but um, well well, okay. I know. Well, depends it, on on who you talk to and what you read. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> anyway but but I, I love that, that this idea that um, you know we're, this is something we're always going to have to be paying attention to. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, sticking to this, the truth of what the scriptures teach, knowing that that's our authority, even when everybody around us is saying no, that's not the authority anymore. Yeah. And we're starting to see that right now. Mm-hmm. And so the idea that we always have to be reforming and and holding to orthodoxy and and safeguarding it. Yeah. Is yep. it, it's a yeah. you know it's a big deal, yeah. and I know we're all committed to that. And I love that. Yeah, so. when we talked about deconstruction months ago and the whole deconstructive movement that's happening, we talked about the necessity and the importance of reconstructing. We must always be yeah. coming to right. scripture mm-hmm. daily as believers because we have it in front of us, and um, and um, examining ourselves before it as far as what we might be believing or not believing or um, being led to. So yeah, yeah, and I think it's I think it's a couple things with that too. I think one is that. It's it's important to be mindful of the lens that we can read scripture through, like even we talked about earlier. Right. The other thing is, I think it, what we're finding and seeing right now is that um, instead of bringing our lives into alignment with the scriptures, people are bringing the scriptures into alignment with their lives. Mm-hmm. Right, and it's exactly. like that's not how we're supposed to no, live. That's, that's exactly not how we're designed we're to live. About. I mean, it, the scriptures say some hard things, but it doesn't mean that we change those things or yeah. even at times soften those things because that's what the scriptures teach. Right. So let them just stand for themselves. 
you sure. know, and I think that's that's the challenge I think we're finding today. And, and 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 some of that has to do with authority as well. This is the biggest challenge that people have with with um, excluding the church or throwing the church off altogether when it comes to approaching scripture. Because to say sola scriptura is meant like, well, nobody tells me how to read my Bible. I can just read my Bible now, right? <laughs> so it it, it it becomes a, an issue of interpretation, right? which is an issue. We see right, right. we see it all the time. We see yeah. people come to the Bible and they can they can make it say anything they oh, yeah. want to make it say. Yeah. So who so who's who safeguards that? And it and it should be the church mm-hmm. that safeguards that. Yeah. So it's really easy for us to to throw things off, you know. And the and the Orthodox sure. know this. I mean, this is going right. to be one of their greatest cries is the Orthodox Church. Yeah. It's like you guys are kind of dumb for like this sola scriptura <laughs> thing, and it's like. <laughs> Kind of, you know, but let's, we'll talk about it next right. week. I mean, it definitely was a reaction to what what the church was at that time. Yes. They had all the power, all the authority, yes. and it was corrupt. So I, I understand totally. know, what happened. Totally. But but to the idea that um, there's a lot of people that have gone before us, and they, there, there's been this tried and true orthodoxy that's mm-hmm. been passed right. down. Yes. And, and th- in that sense, church authority has a lot yes. of, of weight. That's the yeah, right yeah. kind of tradition. Yes. Are right. those who have been faithful to... Uh, that, that goes all the way back yeah. to yep. interpretation. Yep. Yeah, and okay. the fact that it's it, people have given their lives to protect it, and that he the Bible itself says it'll endure forever. Yep, yeah. right. You know, I just think, what else do we have in the world that that does that? Yeah, for that, sure. That can do that. You yeah, know, for sure. Let's finish real quick with this because I feel like the Catholic Church needs a little bit of a bone after this type of thing. <laughs> uh, what state is the Catholic Church in today? Does it look? the same? Does it look different? What's your take on that? Yes, no, maybe so, sometimes. I'll just say, because I was raised in the Roman Catholic Church. Help me. um, I'm seeing and hearing things right now that are kind of blowing my mind a little bit. Um, In a good way? In a good way. Okay. Yeah, I'm just seeing, you know, and again, after this happened, um, there was the Counter-Reformation, you know, that came in the 15, um, you know, a several years later, but after this, they listened to what was said by, by Luther and the people. They still called Luther a heretic. They didn't bring him back into the church, but, but they, they paid attention to some of these things and they did reform some. Um, and, and I think they continue to, they still are going to be heavy on works. Um, they still have some problems with priests and popes and things that I don't, I don't get down with. Um, but when I hear a lot of, um, even priests, you know, cause now we have these little clips on YouTube and stuff. I'm hearing the gospel preached. Mm. And that's weird to me. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, like a true, pure gospel. Yeah. I'm, I'm hearing it more often, and it's surprising to me. So yeah. Yeah. it's encouraging to and, think. And we praise God for that, right? Absolutely. Because yeah. you, you absolutely want that. Yes. Um, but, but the, the, you know, the commingling of works, you know, we would say, you know, they would say faith without works is dead. We think it's a byproduct of faith. And they, yeah. they would say, no, they, they, these are tied hand in hand. We would probably still part ways there, but... Um, but yeah, I've been works because of faith are alive yeah. is what we would yeah. say. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. yeah. Anyway, in general, I've been kind of more encouraged than because I used to just say flat out, mm-hmm. you know, this is complete, completely wrong, and you want nothing to do with it. And I still have some things I have a problem with, but mm-hmm. for sure. So yeah, I think there are Catholics yeah. that, that genuinely believe in in the Jesus of the Bible and yeah. the gospel. And sure. That was my last question: Is uh, can a Catholic be saved? And I think we would all agree, yeah. Yeah. Can anyone be yeah. saved? Well, I mean, but 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 there there there, <laughs> there is, God, is it some, it's right? possible. There are still some problems there, but there is there absolutely enough truth. Um, and, and and if if the gospel is being preached, and I believe it, there are times when it is that yeah. that you can you yeah. know yeah, that's the power of God to save. Yeah. So yeah. absolutely, yeah, it might be in spite of some of what the for church sure. teaches sure. and believes for sure. Um, because again. There's there's still some stuff there. For sure. I mean, when you just listen to the current pope and some of the stuff he's saying, it's that's discouraging. It's, it's right. So there's discouraging things about the Roman oh, Catholic sure. Church. But I'm also, you know, yeah, 
I'm seeing some positive things too. Yeah. So. I think I want to yeah. say this too. I forgot to say it. I think this is an important thing to state is that Luther, when this happened, when the protest happened for reformation, did not want to leave the church. It was not like it was not his mind or idea right. to go. I want to start this other thing called called Lutheranism, and we're like, gonna which go, will be really close but it, different. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> which will be the same except for yeah. <laughs> we're so bad, dude. We'll this talk is about another this podcast later. for another day. <laughs> but 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 he 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 wasn't because I think he could be a guy that when we hear his name, you know, Protestants today, we we get riled up like, yeah, this dude's just a rebel, and he you know he fought the fought the big big guy and slayed him and, you know, started his own thing. Like, that was not his intention. Right. His intention, again, was to see the church listen, reason, reform back to Scripture, right. like purge themselves, examine themselves. He, um, he, di- he didn't want to be ever ostracized from the Catholic Church. To, yeah. to him, that was a big deal, to be put outside the church. Um, so he, di- he didn't set out to start his own denomination right? That's just something that happened mm-hmm. as a byproduct of the way every, all the dominoes fell. So, okay, good. It's just cool yeah. to think how God can use anybody. Cause again, this is a man that was um, torn, he, torn up over his sinful. He made cervezas and <laughs> lots of them, <laughs> but to see that, yeah, just how God, God can use, yeah. um, you know, a lone nut out there um, gives me hope, you know, right. hope, totally. you know, we want to be used we through a, a lightning bolt in the kingdom. And, yeah. <laughs> right. Pretty, pretty <laughs> cool lightning bolt. Yeah. Awesome. What, what he did is still rippling out today. Yep. Yeah, so. All right. There's we covered some ground. Today. Extremely brief, <laughs> like fast pass history yeah. on the Reformation. Jump into it more. Like there's all kinds of resources out there. Jump into it. Like it's it's amazing to look into this stuff and see. Ultimately, what we're seeing is the history of God preserving, or as the the book volumes are called, like the basically the the power of Christ's reign over the last two thousand years. This is mm-hmm. just another segment. Uh, episode yeah. in the power of Christ's reign in protecting him building his church through yeah. his word. That's ultimately what it is. And that's pretty stinking interesting. So, yeah. all right. Why don't you pray us out and we'll um, come back to this subject next week? So, rock, paper, scissors. Yeah. <laughs> Brent's got it. I'll yeah. go. Go yeah. for it. Um, Father, we're grateful for a, a time like this. We can we can get together and talk about um, really what you've done mm-hmm. uh, in preserving your church, Lord. We, we believe that um, you really will build your church, and all the forces of evil that exist can't mm-hmm. touch it. And that's exciting to, to just know that it's real. Um, you know, the, the, the church and the Word of God have been, um, somebody said, an anvil that many hammers have tried to wear out and can't. And, and so we just um, thank you that we get to be a part of that as pastors. Uh, help us to be faithful to... Um, to you, faithful to your word, faithful to the gospel. Um, thank you that uh, we have people in our history that we can look at and be inspired by. Um, thank you that you use common people, Lord, mm. to just accomplish your mm. purposes. You're amazing. And, um, yeah, uh, bless the church through this discussion and in the discussions to come in the next few weeks as, as well, we ask. And thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 See you next thank week. Thank you, Jeffy. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you, dude. Thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in to One Decent Pastor. If you'd like more information about the church, go to our website at thedoor3r.org.